0: Yeah, here we go for the Tuesday show. Heading towards that weekend already. Oh, man. I am the Stretch Ari. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us. I'm kind of sad today. I don't really have much uh, UFO. Okay, I have some UFO. I'm not going to lie. But I'm starting to think that uh, I have a conspiracy theory on my UFO story today. I I will get to that. It was like, well, I don't really have anything new. But it's kind of new. But I don't believe... The new developments in the same old story we've been talking about for a week with the whistleblower. We're going to get into this tinfoil hat time. Get ready to talk conspiracy theory with Stretch in the UFO craze. But besides UFOs and insanity, I like to talk about motocross. We do it every day. Coming up in moments, I have maybe the shortest interview I've ever done on the show. It'll be Cooper Webb. I think I got like two questions with him. And then they snatched them away, and we still got that bad uh, quality with the Super Super Echo. But it's going to be like that the entire time. Here's what I know about the pro motocross press conferences. You're damn lucky if you get one, period. So shut up and deal with it. And then they'll get one, and then they'll have very limited time, and or they'll have a fan or an air conditioner blowing right into the microphones, or some gnarly-ass echo. And you just... You just you just suck it is what you do. You're like, oh, well, I guess I got to I gotta eat this one. It is what it is. So that that's what we do, and we will get through. But Cooper Webb getting on the podium two weeks in a row is good. I dig Mr. Cooper Webb, Red Bull KTM rider. Shout out to him for getting on the box two weeks in a row. And hopefully uh, if he gets back on the box again next week, we will get a little longer time with him after the race. But, hey, beggars can't be choosers, and I'm a beggar. I'm like a homeless guy. I'm like a Moto Media homeless guy that sits outside going, spare some change! (laughs) That's what I have to be. So, we do everything we can. Trying to bring people, trying to bring eyes and ears to the sport. That's all we really want to do is big it up. Uh, On the show today, besides my UFO theory, which I will get into, I've got a lot of booze stuff today. A lot of booze-themed stories today alcohol, partying, getting down it's not only booze, it's booze and cocaine yeah we're going to talk about partying we are going to get down with that a lot of that stuff on the docket today I got the city in America that is the cocaine capital of America and it is not what you think I could give you a hundred guesses and you wouldn't get it I promise you unless you're from that that city and you're like oh yeah it's here man everybody knows that it's a cocaine capital, America. Yeah, well, I didn't know it. And Stretch knows all, sees all, tells all. So we'll get into that story. I gotta what to Florida because it's the Stretch show. And I always have a what to Florida because there it's always a Florida or five stories to talk about. Pretty good one. Pretty, pretty good one. Guy got all loped out. Oh boy. I'm telling you, I'm readjusting to my new schedule. What I realized is I was all excited to get back to a regular life. And then I I realized I am polar opposite of the entire living situation I've had for the last two years. I am now waking up at exactly the time that I would be walking in the door from work. And then I'm having problems sleeping. And I take sleeping pills on the weekends to, to knock me out because I'm typically up all night for overnights. And I've been used to overnights for the last two years, so... Trying to retrain my body. I'm a little fried from my first day back on the job, but am still uh, ecstatic and grateful and happy that I have this experience and I have my old job that I got to go back to because that doesn't happen. You ever leave a job and then be like, man, I wish I had left that job? I, I didn't want to leave that job. I'll st- I'm still going to break this all down. Just not ready to do it yet. I got pioneers around me that I can't talk, but I, I will get to it eventually here on the show. But I am in a much better place, and that I know. And that much better place is not the Big 49 Studios on a Saturday when we do the Moto Show, especially this Saturday when old Cranky Pants is going to have to be up at 9 a.m. to start the pre-show. And then at 10 a.m. the gate's going to drop because it's a damn East Coast race. What the F? Yeah, I'm still not happy with this. All right. Coming up next, let's talk to Cooper Webb. He's my BFF. It's the Big 49. The man urged. Report! Well, after 150 years on television, Pat Sajak says he is finally going to retire from the Wheel of Fortune. Apparently, he's tired of banging Vanna White. Only joking. He's never banged Vanna White, according to him. That's what he said when I asked him. But anyways, he's going to do this last season, and then he's going to ride off into the sunset with his bad plastic surgery and have a happy life. <laughs> I didn't even know this fight happened, it's so disgusting. John Gotti III, this is one of the grandsons of John Gotti the mobster who is deceased. Well, he had an exhibition fight with Floyd Money Mayweather over the weekend. That's right, Floyd Mayweather's still having those bullcrap exhibitions where he can't even knock out non-boxers. Well, he got in a ring with Gotti, apparently Gotti was talking so much smack that the referee stopped the fight in the middle of the fight he called it at that point Gotti was enraged and attacked Floyd and at that point all of the team money idiots jumped into the ring and pandemonium ensued which then led to John Gotti's sister coming out and making basically death threats online against Floyd Mayweather's daughter. This was crazy. Floyd needs to stop boxing while he still can. All right, this is kind of cool. If you're a motocross fan and a football fan, the worlds will collide in 2025 and 2026. That's because the Jacksonville Jaguars are having some work done to their stadium, and they won't be able to play there on those years. So during that time, they're looking at going to the Daytona International Speedway. That's right, home of Daytona, one of the greatest Supercross races of the year. They're going to go there and play football in that big-ass stadium. That might be kind of badass. The man. Man-Er with Stretch. Big 49, it is a Stretch Show, and right now we are talking to my BFF. He doesn't admit it, but he is. His name is Cooper Webb from the Red Bull KTM team. Coop, you kind of snuck back onto the podium for the second week in a row. You are dangerous out there, man, and you are looking really, really good. I like the pace that you're keeping. I like how you're riding. I love the grind in you. And, you know, uh, how you feeling ab- about what's happening with you out there on the track right now for this outdoor season? Uh, my day was
1: quiet, uh, kind of struggled all day, yeah, and um but yeah, back on the podium, so i'm happy you know, I think it was uh something i wasn't expecting again this weekend so i'll take it
0: yeah good stuff coop it's fun watching you get out there and battle and get up on the box uh let's talk about next weekend we got high point coming up how do you like that track and and even how did you like the track today today was a gnarly ass track and i know you've had some time away from outdoors so you know what's your thoughts on high point and on this track we saw today at thunder valley and your overall uh, performance on that that track today
1: uh, yeah, I genuinely do like High Point a lot. It's okay. uh, you know, kind of once we head back east, you know, for me it gets gets better for sure. Um, and yeah, I think um, today was was good and bad in that sense. Like okay. I, I genuinely do really like the ruts, um, but but definitely struggled a bit in some of the sections. Okay. Um, it's been a while since I've been here, and I forgot how off camber yeah. and and gnarly these uh, kind <laughs> of downhills are. They're, yeah. They're, they're not just straight on, you know, they're, yeah. you're at an angle pretty much every time, so uh, it was a little tough to get, you know, comfortable with that, um, so, you know, I was happy with today, like I said, that first moto, obviously AP and Dylan had some issues, so yeah. I put myself in a good position with that second, and then, uh, yeah, second moto I definitely struggled, uh, I was up there yeah. and kind of faded back and uh, just didn't gel very well that second moto, so I was happy to get on the podium again
0: all right Coop well congratulations on getting on the box that's two weeks in a row and I tell you man nobody grinds like Cooper Webb it is fun to watch and to watch you work out there and just put it in and grind and grind and grind and get the results and be in the hunt always and that's one thing we can count on here and and I know uh, that they're taking you away from us now but uh, thanks for taking the time Coop we appreciate you man good luck we'll see you at High Point next week And hopefully we'll see you back up on the box again. I'm Stretch. This is The Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Kenny Roxon is apparently at home in Florida watching the motocross races and has not yet headed overseas for the World Supercross, which starts next month. Kenny took to Instagram yesterday to post a video of him doing some outdoor motocross riding and then he asked the fans if he should race this coming weekend at High Point or go out on his boat. Now, I read into that this. Kenny sees the potential that he is falling out of the top 20 in the Super Motocross Championship Series points, and he's looking to grab a few more points before he heads over to Europe this summer. What do you think? I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a Stretch show here on a big old Tuesday. Right now, going to talk about the devil. The devil's the government. You know what's weird? I can honestly say this right now. Do I trust our government any more than I trust the Russian government or the Chinese government? That answer would be no, I do not. And that's terrifying. I don't get me wrong. I love this country. I'm proud to be an American. I There's no place I would rather be. I think our government is buffoon lagoon and I think they've been lying to us forever. And this is both parties. Both parties lying and lying and lying. They're lying mofos. So when we got this UFO story from this whistleblower came out of the Pentagon and he's like, yeah, we've been holding UFOs. Well, all of a sudden that went from, wow, this is a really great monumental UFO story to they're adding to it. So from that original interview where I played the clips where the guy was saying we've got a stash of UFOs and the uh, blah 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 and then he said we've also got dead aliens and you're like this is awesome this is all we've ever wanted to hear but he made sure not to say uh from another planet he really did and now they basically played more of that interview now and and i honestly feel like this is where the devil government is getting involved and they're kind of discrediting this story and they're making it look insane they're making it look so outrageous that, well, all right, sure, the truth was out there, but now we're going to muddy the truth and we're going to throw out all kinds of crazy stuff to where no sane person can possibly believe any of this. And some of it is probably true. Uh, then again, truth is stranger than fiction a lot of times. But now there are new developments out of this story with this dude. Uh, here's the first one that the Vatican was in on the UFO cover-up. And remember I told you yesterday that the first retrieval was in 1933 by the Italians. He says that they, the freaking Vatican knew about that and they were in on it. And so they knew there were aliens in 1933, the Pope. Yeah, he says the existence of the object, by the way, the Pope is the one that told the United States and then the United States moved in and swooped that UFO. So that one that crashed, even though it seems like it was a bell shape, and the Nazis had a bell-shaped UFO, you would think the Nazis had it, but according to this guy, the Pope knew about it. The Pope told the United States the United States snagged that bell-shaped UFO from the 1930s. And that would be the first one anyone ever had. He also says in the extended version of the interview that there are massive crafts out there, like bigger than a football field. And goes into that. He also says that a U.S. private defense contractor, not the U.S. government, has a UFO. A secret UFO that they retrieved, they gave to this contractor so that they could work on it. This is not the government. This is not an Air Force base. And he says, I can't say which one, but like, let's think about it. You could have like Northrop Grumman. They have a UFO sitting there. Could be sitting in a building right next to LAX. And they're working on it, trying to design, you know, or reverse engineer it. He also says in the expanded version, as they harped on him, have aliens ever killed people? And he's like, yeah, people have died. But then he backpedals and says, uh, he couldn't disclose whether UFOs have ever harmed anyone because it would reveal certain U.S. classified operations. He said people briefed on the matter told him there have been malevolent events in which humans were hurt. So he said he saw a a lot of evidence that white collar crime had been committed to cover up the clandestine UFO programs. He claimed officials he interviewed had described killings done over the years in order to hide the operations. And then they went in to say, have aliens ever harmed people? Remember, he won't call them aliens. He calls them uh, non-human intelligence. And then the guy's like, alright, has non-human intelligence ever harmed a person? And then he gets very evasive. I think that answer was yes. And he says that they've been very, very aggressive at some times. They say that that's part of the malevolent activity by UFOs. So... It is crazy. And the fact that you loop the Pope into this now and the Vatican into this now, and just things that make it seem, all right, this is now unbelievable. And I think that's the exact point. This story is out there, and they're trying to get ahead of this story by polluting this story. And I think that's what the government is doing. Because I have my tinfoil hat on, and I am a UFO enthusiast, as the media likes to say. I'm stretch. I'm an alien. Stabig 49. Don't probe me, bro. Big, big, big. big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Everybody knows that Jeffrey Erlings of that Red Bull KTM team is one of the baddest dudes to ever ride a motorcycle in the MXGP. In fact, he holds the record for the most wins in MXGP history, and every time he wins, it makes history. Well, he was doing pretty good on Saturday when he then got cross-rutted, caught a foot peg, went over the bars, and ended up injuring his neck. They say he jumped back on the bike and did finish that moto and salvaged one point. Point, but he was no longer competitive and did not line up for the second moto. No word on how serious this neck injury is. Hopefully it's not too bad and he can get back out to racing and winning. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a stretch show. Right now, I'm going to tell you some shocking news. It sounds like fun to steal something, especially beer. You're like, "Cool, I'm going to steal some beer." And apparently a Union Pacific railroad train, something happened and it had to stop along the tracks in Bakersfield, California. At which point people started realizing one of the cars was filled with beer. I don't know how they knew that. And people started running up and stealing the beer out of the train. Okay, that's all funny hysterical here's what's not really funny about it you steal anything from a train and you've got federal charges it's the FBI coming looking for you it's not the police asking why you stole a 12-pack it's the FBI asking why you stole a 12-pack how do I know this I was once interviewed by the FBI for that same thing I didn't steal anything crazy thing though I might have been high on PCP when they interviewed me. I'm not kidding. Funny story. Uh, Might have accidentally ingested that as a teenager. And then that very same day, not knowing I had accidentally done that, I uh, got called into an office by my boss at an electronics company I worked at. And he's like, uh, these people want to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm really busy because I was high as hell on PCP. And I don't do drugs. I'm not that kind of dude, especially a PCP kind of dude. And they're like, I don't care. These guys need to talk to you in my office. Get in here. And I walk in and there's dudes and I smell popo. The second I walk in the room, you could just smell his popo. I look at you, you're popo. But they're wearing suits and ties. I'm like, these are detectives. These are not your typical... uh, patrol officers in uniform no I'm getting I'm getting interrogated by the big guns and then as I sit down I out of my mind they say uh, are you uh, Michael Robertson and I'm like uh, yes sir I am and they say hi Mr. Roberts we're uh, agent so and so and agent so and so with the FBI and I'm like oh god how do they know how do they find me so fast this is effed up but no, that wasn't the deal. The deal was, I had worked at the electronics warehouse. Apparently, we had bought some equipment from some guys that had stolen it from a railroad, which made it a federal offense, which made the FBI tracking it down. And guess who unloaded that truck and signed that packing slip and met the individuals that we had bought the merchandise from? Yours truly, who just so coincidentally happened to be for the one and only time in his entire life high on PCP when that interview happened. I swear that's a true story. I didn't write a book. I really do. It's a true story. That's totally happened. Just dustin', talking to the feds. Feds, the feds, they were on to me. Well, in Bakersfield, some people are gonna get that same treatment. And they deserve it though, cause they're criminals. I was just an innocent teenager that got bamboozled. That's what happened to me. Here, though, Bakersfield, California, people saw the people running up to the train car and swiping beer and running away. So they did the right thing, and they called the 5-0, and they're like, hey, I don't know what to tell you, but there people people stealing beer off the train car. The train disabled. It's on the side of the tracks right here in Bakersfield, Nashville West, or a great radio station west of Nashville. Yeah, that's where we are. Wow, here about near Oildale they have southern accents in Bakersfield only place in the West Coast where you have a southern accent and they're running up and just jacking pallets of beer there were pallets and pallets of beer on that rail car and people were just jacking cases and cartons and running away and somebody ratted them all out I hope none of them are high in PCB when the feds come looking for them I'm just gonna say that's gonna happen that's gonna happen that's gonna happen that's a true story it's crazy. It's crazy. My name is Stretch. Coming up next, I'm gonna tell you about booze is on the uptick big time. How much how many gallons of actual alcohol? Just the ethanol, not not the smashed grapes and the hops and the yeast and all that. How many gallons of straight alcohol your average American consumes every year? Just letting you know, we are at damn near all-time high right now. We'll get into this next. Party on, Wayne. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It is a stretch show. It's time to talk about alcohol. You big drunkards. It's what we are in America right now. Apparently, booze is on a uptick of consumption that we have not seen in decades here. The exact parallel right now is the time of the Civil War when the nation was stressed. They knew we were going to Civil War. We were talking brother on brother, family on family. Americans killing Americans. And people were stressed about it. They were drinking. Well, We are drinking the same amount of alcohol right now that they were. And I'm not talking about, you know, drinking beer. No, I'm talking about the actual amount of ethanol that's the alcohol in the beer and the spirits and everything that you drink in a year. The average American is now consuming 2.51 gallons, a little over two and a half gallons of straight alcohol a year. In 2021, that was 2.15 gallons. Uh, Yeah. So the 2.5 gallons in a year sounds like, well, that's not that much. I drink way more booze than two and a half gallons. And no, that's just the alcohol. Only the alcohol. No water, no nothing. Pure grain alcohol. People are drinking two and a half gallons of that a year. They say America's embrace of adult beverages uh, is crazy because right now, beer consumption in general is down 15% since the 90s. So people are drinking less beer and drinking way more hard stuff. And you're like, how's this happen? I don't know any more, many more drunks than I already did. Uh, Everyone I've known has been a drunk. Well, the last time it was at two and a half gallons of alcohol was 1860, right on the brink of the Civil War. In 1934, it was only a gallon of alcohol a year. At the repeal of uh, Prohibition, it was almost two and a half gallons. It was 2.3 gallons right around uh, World War II time. And yet the heyday, the biggest ever alcohol consumption in America was 1980 because we were coming out of what? Really hard times. 1980 was is so parallel to 2023, I can't even tell you. Massive, 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 what we have, really high gas prices, really, really high inflation. America was looked at as a joke on the world stage because we had a weak-ass, god-awful Democrat president. Oh, my God, it's like deja vu. At that point, America was drinking 2.8 gallons of hard alcohol straight just only alcohol a year per person yeah and that was in 1980 now you're like why are we up right now well it's very parallel to 1980 but also they say the demographics of alcohol have really really changed and we have a ton of women drinking now like the really binge crazy drinking stuff has always been associated with dudes but now with the uh, wine moms The soccer moms that like to drive around with wine in their little cups or they get a McDonald's cup and fill it with wine. Like, that's a thing. And alcohol in wine is is pretty potent, and they drink a hell of a lot of it. They also like, you know, the fruity, girly drinks and all that stuff. And we're seeing a shift in the dynamics of alcohol consumption in America. And with all of the women entering into the gnarly, hardcore drinking it's at the national average up. So it seems like typically we would be down if it weren't for all the drunk women. They say women are also now one of the uh, big, big drunkards to go into rehab. A lot of rehabs now just run it on women. I can vouch for that because I've spent six years at rehabs and I met a hell of a lot of drunk ladies along the way. So there you go. We are pounding the alcohol like no time since, well, 1980. But more comparable to the Civil War is how much alcohol we're pounding right now. Fun times. I think I'm not drinking any and Moto Man's not drinking any. I think of all the people you know that don't drink any and then take the people that are pounding and for the national average to be at two and a half gallons is insane. And we're looking at a 15% reduction since the 90s in the consumption of beer which is a lot of the, you know, alcohol. So there you go. Something to think about. Something to think about, you drunkards. All right, coming up next, I know what it is. We had 2.5 gallons because of women and Kyle. <laughs> That's what I know. Women and Kyle. Wine moms and Kyle are driving up the national average of uh, alcohol consumption. All right, up next, I'm gonna tell you something should be surprising. There's a uh, group that got together and they wanted to know, basically, the party towns. The wildest cities in the United States and they had some criteria to judge them. And it involved marijuana use, cocaine use, and alcohol consumption, and uh, prevalence of casinos and strip clubs. I'm going to tell you a town that is the cocaine capital of America And I had no idea, I had no idea. Think about it, think about the cocaine capital of America. We're gonna talk about this one right after we talk to our friend Jet Lawrence of the HRC Honda team. Big, 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 big big 49 Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ. After crashing in the first moto on Saturday at Thunder Valley, star racing Yamaha's Spanish 250 rider Fares suffered a broken arm. The team gave us an update yesterday. They said he had surgery on that arm in Vail, Colorado on Sunday and that they will update us all on his condition at a later date to which we say, get well soon, Mr. Forrest. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Uh-oh. I'm not talking about cocaine. cocaine. That's right. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad. Don't do it it's a bad deal but i'll tell you who's doing a hell of a lot of it a little town in michigan that's who cocaine capital of the united states let's go to this online betting guide they were looking for the wildest cities in the united states and this is how they base their scores so you can get a possible 10 and they combined your prevalence of casinos and strip clubs the amount of people who admit to using cannabis, the amount of people admitted to using cocaine, and they also cited health rankings of binge drinking and heavy drinking in the cities. And coming in at number three and number 10, two towns in Michigan, one of them being Traverse City at number three. Traverse City, Michigan, a tourist town primarily known as the cherry capital of the world, Apparently, is also the cocaine capital of the United States of America. Who effing knew? The other uh, Michigan city uh, that is up there is Grand Rapids at number 10. Now, they say there's a lot of drinking in Traverse City, that there's a lot of vineyards there. So, not surprising. 23% of the residents there are heavy drinkers. However... They got a 7.71 out of a perfect 10 overall score because of their 12.76 strip clubs per 100,000 residents. And the fact that 66% of the people there admitted to uh, having smoked or smoking marijuana. But here's the big one. Almost 24% of the residents of Traverse City, Michigan admit to uh, having used or using cocaine it's the highest of any city in this entire freaking uh pole that's nuts grand rapids came in at nine on the cocaine front but who knew that the yayo was freaking blazing up in michigan i mean i could get detroit a big city like, like the big city in michigan but grand rapids and traverse city those are not huge towns traverse city especially there you go. That that that's uh, something you learn. That something that you learn something new every day here on the Stretch Show. Traverse City, also by the way, besides being the number one city for cocaine, uh, they also rank number one for the cannabis use, with almost sixty-six percent of people reporting that. And then they also are number three for strip clubs. Yeah. You say Detroit clocked in at number eight with 5.63 clubs per 100,000 residents. But there's no Traverse City with 12.76 strip clubs per 100,000. Gotta back this up. Gotta back it up. Back to cocaine. Don't do it. Isn't that crazy? Little town in Michigan, the cocaine capital of the United States? Just so you know, Reno, Nevada was named the top wildest city in the United States with a score of 8.61 out of 10. And by the way, I could believe that about Reno because Reno is a a ghetto version of Vegas when Vegas was still sketchy and nasty and drugs and crime and just everything gross about Reno. I totally believe that, 8.61. But Traverse City, Michigan, that, that one caught me by surprise. You tell me Reno, I'm like, ah, oh, I get it. Probably a ton of strip clubs in Reno. Yeah, you go there to be a dancer. Next thing you know, you're dancing on a pole. If your daughter gets on a pole, you have failed as a dad. Just absolutely failed. I'm just telling you that. So there you go. If you want to party, you want to do some yayo, maybe you should get out to Traverse City, Michigan this summer, have a big old party, drink some wine, do some cocaine, smoke some weed, go to the strip club. All right, coming up next, uh, my What the Florida of the Day. The What the Florida story. This one's interesting. It's just Florida. You know, they're always interesting. We'll get into this next. It's the Big Forty Nine. Big, 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 big. The Big Forty Nine. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, I gotta call shenanigans on Ricky Carmichael. I don't know what's going on with that podcast he does with Ryan Filipoto but they've done exactly 15 in like three months or some crap like that. They say there's gonna be 15 minutes long, but sometimes they go all the way up to like 50 minutes, but it's one day a week. They've got producers, they've got a staff, and Ricky Carmichael tapped out this week. That's right. The Title 24 podcast does not have Ricky on it this week. It's Ryan Villapoto with Davey Coombs. We love Davey. Davey's a cool guy. He's the owner of Racer X and the Pro Motocross Championship Series, but. He is not the guy that's getting grossly overpaid to host this podcast. It's Ricky Carmichael. Where the F is Ricky Carmichael? I wanna hear Ricky Carmichael on the podcast. You know who's got over a hundred podcasts so far? His name is Stretch, and it's like an hour a day, five days a week. Suck it, Ricky Carmichael. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show. Playing the song Crazy on Niles Barkley. Oh, man. Remember Skilo Green, that little uh, uh, T-Rex-looking mofo with his short-ass arms? I'm convinced that man couldn't wipe his ass. If it wasn't for a bidet, Skeelo Green would have smelled like ass at all times because he couldn't wipe his butt with his short arms and his fat-ass body. Anyway, that was just a sidebar. I think strange things in my head. Right now, I'm going to tell you my What the Florida Story of the Day, which involves crazy. That's right. Got a man in Sumner County. He's in the hospital. And that's because he jumped out the second floor window of a home. But let's talk about how he got into the second floor window of that home. And why he jumped out the window is a better question. A little before 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. This guy took his car and just smashed it into a condominium building. And then he backed up and smashed into it again. Make sure he got it. People were like, what the hell's going on? Like an earthquake here in Florida, though. You don't really got earthquakes. But they call the 5-0 and the 5-0 are coming. And this guy did jumped out of the car after he smashed into it. After he rammed the building a couple times. And then he just started breaking into condominiums and trying to rob them. Yeah. 5-0 rolls up. And the guy runs to an upper level condo. And then he starts yelling down to the police, you better get back, I'll shoot you. That's always bad to yell at the police because you usually end up dead when that happens. But they didn't shoot him. They called in the SWAT team and they surrounded him. People came out and the guy uh, was, at that point he was all covered in blood and just out of his mind. And they had hostage negotiators talking to him for several hours. That's fun at four o'clock in the morning in your condo when you're just trying to get some sleep and some mofos crashed his car into your building and is now robbing your upstairs neighbor's uh, condo. And he won't come out. He's threatening to shoot people. And then the cops tell you, you got to get out because there's about to be a hail of bullets where this mofos about to die. So you're like, ah, oh, crap. Okay. But uh, he did the police a solid. Rather than uh, get shot by the police, he just went ahead and dove out the window of the second floor <laughs> window and splatted on the ground. Now, second floor typically won't kill you and it didn't kill him. But it did F him up and emergency crews were already on standby because they were waiting for the cops to shoot him like everybody else. And they didn't get a chance to. And they got the guy and they brought him to jail where he is in a hospital jail, whatever that means. But I wanted to back it up a little bit here. This man's name is Peyton, who is under arrest. He has, they say, an extensive criminal history. I can tell you right now, I have been charged with exactly zero crimes in my life. I've had some tickets. Uh, This guy, though, has had 139 prior felony charges. And of the 139, this shows you how bad the DAs are that they plead crap down. He's only been convicted only of 30 felonies. After being charged with 139 felonies, he's been convicted of 30. And he recently got out on uh, on parole. And they know that because when they got into that, that apartment that he jumped out the window, they found his ankle monitor bracelet inside. Yeah, he was on parole for burglary. And he had violated that. And they issued an arrest warrant for him last week. And so he just went crazy. Got all geezed up, crashed his car into an apartment or a condo, and then went in there and started just robbing the hell out of him. He was on a last-minute crime spree. Florida don't play. Florida's legit. with crazy. Yeah, so Mr. Peyton going to be in jail as soon as he gets out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Bad news for him. All right, tell you what. Let's get into the final hour of the stretch show. going to talk to Cooper Webb for that little quickie interview we had. And I'm going to wrap it up and go home because I smell a lunch on me. I smell a lunch coming. Stabake make 49. Big 4-9. is a stretch show. Time to get up on out of here for a Tuesday. Tomorrow on the Wednesday show, we will talk to Aaron Plessinger. Another quickie. Get in and out with Aaron Plessinger. Get a lot of echo on the microphones. Gotta love that. Sounds spectacular. I do what I can do. I'm just a squirrel looking for a nut. That's what I'm doing. So I tell you, we got AP tomorrow. Everybody loves AP. We dig AP getting ready for this weekend high point the Moto Minutes today Kenny Roxon's teasing that he may go race high point I seriously doubt he does I think it's because he realizes he may not be in the top 20 points if he doesn't race any outdoor races I'm really surprised he didn't do like what uh, Kyle Chiz is racing World Supercross but he's also raced every round of the pro motocross season so far and that's his teammate so we'll see what happens oh man oh man oh man i am ready to go get my lunch on i'm in east los now where i spend my days which is fine because i grew up not terribly far from there grew up in a suburb of eastern los angeles not in east l.a but a eastern los angeles county suburb called downey maybe you've heard of it it's where they built the space shuttles and the apollos and now is home of the Downey gangsters (laughs) No more spaceships being built there. Matter of fact, where they built the spaceships is now a shopping mall that was a movie studios. went out of business. Now it's shopping malls. Oh, man. What has happened to my home? All right, I'm going to pack it up and get out of here. Because I got no Fs to give. I, I, really, I really don't. Go get ready for the Wednesday show tomorrow. We'll get our hump on. Make me want to have... Shakey's Lunch and Buffet There is a Shakey's Lunch and Buffet Near my work now Where I work Where I am now the head of security I am back on my throne as the head of security And it was wonderful to have my First day back in the office yesterday And see all my friends It's fun when people like you at your work Not like the big 49 where they all hate me Where they all like you And they all want you there And they all are your friends It's fun to go to work. It it is, there's so much, man. So much. I'm going to get into it. I'm also going to go into a whole paranormal thing. Remember, I talked about ghosts at my last job, and I'm going to get into that. I'm going to do a special podcast on that. Maybe I'll do that next week. Get that one rolling. In the meantime, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.